Good. Well, welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of the Awaken podcast. My name is Bill Tribble, and uh, this is Jasmine. Jasmine Shea. Jasmine Che. Che. Yeah, Che. I'm not even pronouncing your name right. I've known <laughs> you for over a year. <laughs> che. Jasmine Che. Yeah. And we're going to talk today about things you should consider. Before going on a meditation retreat. Yes. So this will be meditation retreats of any kind, long and short. The longest you'll likely be able to go on is a 10-day course. And it's quite likely that you're considering going on one that's run by the Goenkaji Vipassana Foundation. Or one which is quite cheap from any of the kind of Buddhist centres available um, in and around the UK. Yeah, all around the world. Maybe you're going to yeah. you do some spiritual tourism, hang out in Thailand for a month. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe you're going to go on an extended yoga retreat. But specifically, we're likely just talking about meditation retreats. Yoga may um, fall into a little bit of this because some will have meditation. But... Yep. Uh, we'll be covering yoga and other spiritual practices on another episode. Here, we'd like to really just give you a comprehensive introduction and kind of detailed caveats and concerns and shared experiences of what to consider before going on one, whether it's the right thing for you uh, what some of the risks are and if you might be ready for it. So Bill, would you like to start off with what some first considerations you would be thinking about? So the, the impetus for this conversation is, is partly Daniel Ingram who... For, who I've heard say many times that, you know, as a doctor himself, he was a, an emergency doctor in America, that meditation should come with a health warning. Uh, like any, any medicine he gives to someone, you do this kind of, I forget the exact name for it, but like the risks and opportunities thing, that you, you talk through potential problems that might happen and the potential benefits of this medicine. Mm. And... That that's the main thing that I I'd like to kind of promote in the the conversation is that no type of meditation is without some risk, and the risks are very small, and generally the benefits are uh, are worth it. But it's something that everybody should be aware of before they undertake any sort of meditation, even a half hour session. <laughs> Um, because it does happen that, that these traditional spiritual practices do sometimes yield traditional spiritual results, even in small doses. Mm. And those experiences can be very disruptive and even deadly for people who weren't really expecting them or prepared for them. Yeah, so I think it's just as a, a word of caution uh, because this is generally otherwise not so spoken about, likely. Um, and we've spoken, and Bill has, um, and in other episodes we have spoken about this. So we won't go too much into, again, why we can refer back to other episodes. Um, like the last episode, we went into this even, and the one with Daniel Ingram, specifically on Goenka's retreats. Mm. Um, so we won't re say everything um but we'll try to be as comprehensive as possible yeah we'll do our best i mean i think it's safe to say that, that neither of us are massive experts on this stuff but um i've done several retreats in the goenka tradition and jasmine you've done a few as well yeah and it's uh and some other retreats as yeah, well. yeah and some others and i think that that that's kind of 
the main thing that I wanted to, to flag here is that it is something that's safe and beneficial for most people. The, um, to their credit, the, the Vipassana Foundation, and perhaps it was just purely out of necessity, say that their courses are not suitable for anyone with mental health issues. It is not a health... Um, it's not supposed to be here as a health cure. Yeah. Um, but as Jasmine pointed out, like, what is it, a third of people in the world probably... One in four or one in five is uh, have mental uh, health issues, whether yeah. it's anxiety, depression, um, on some level. And that's, that's right now, right? That's right now. And and so during the course of their lifetimes, pretty much 100% of people will have some issue with mental health mm. at some point. And often meditation can be something that is uh, recommended to relieve anxiety. So when you're given something which is... Uh, likely going to be helpful isn't always helpful and yeah. can make issues worse. So like meditation straight off the bat shouldn't be for people with PTSD. It often makes it worse. Um, you know, going in, like accessing trauma that uh, really should be worked on only with someone who might be a uh, psychotherapist, uh, mm. a health provider, uh, someone who's equipped to do that. In a um, meditation retreat setting you'll be thrown in with um guidance from quite minimal guidance from any teachers you're supposed to really be working alone in this so hmm. you should think of it as not any sense of spoon feeding you're really alone hmm. yeah yeah that's very that's so very it, it's almost like going on a a boot camp hmm. the equivalent of a boot camp to improve your fitness, mental fitness. Uh, and you do have PTs who are just there to help you. Well, they might be pushing you mm. in terms of effort, mm. but you might, you know, twist your ankle or you might have something happen to you. Yeah, I suppose a physical equivalent might be you've got to do uh, 20 push-ups and 20 squats every half hour, but you're not given any guidance on... <laughs> how to deal with that <laughs> yeah and probably and then that you know because of the physical aspect we know that with f physical health or exercises there can be injury mm. especially if we don't have like good technique or form mm. um, and many people do exercise and actually do get injured yeah uh, whereas for the mind especially because we're even only becoming more aware of taking care of our minds. We don't really consider these health risks that actually if you are exercising the brain in a certain way, you might get sick. Yeah. yeah. Or something bad might happen. You might injure mentally. yourself. Yeah, injure yourself mentally. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, again, it, you know, I keep wanting to repeat here that the risks are small, but they are not, insignificant and if you are a person who something bad happens to yeah and it, it's it, it's an odd one because the Vipassana Foundation generally doesn't really talk about this stuff much it's regarded it's it's marketed basically perhaps marketing is the wrong word because it's, it's a free course right but it yeah it's still marketing as something that's safe for people who are just sort of mentally normal. And um, th there, are, there are many, many cases, and you can, you can look these up, uh, of where it has not worked out well for the average punter who's rolled up with not necessarily anything on their radar in terms of their mental health. Um, and they don't really talk about it much. And, I mean, my brother has gotten really into Vipassana courses, for instance, and he spent quite a lot of time serving at Dharmadeepa, which is the uh, Hereford place. And he's seen all kinds of dramas. I, mean, I think one course he was on, someone was carted away in an ambulance, and another one, a guy ran away in the middle of the night without enough clothes on and died of pneumonia or something. 
and that was just in, in a you know inside a month of staying at this <laughs> center so that i mean these are anecdotal things we don't know the statistics on this stuff yeah and we'd also say that you know let's say the person with the ambulance um we don't know what had happened to them the person who did run away did run away for example um and i guess with vipassana they say for you to have to stay like they do say yeah. you have to stay because yeah. it's like going in surgery and cutting yourself open yeah and then you're in a worse place if you don't finish the surgery so i would say in terms of considerations people should really uh consider that it's quite a large undertaking yeah. especially if you haven't had much practice meditating before yeah um and you know if something does happen to you and you do want to leave you really might find yourself in a really difficult situation yeah especially if you didn't drive there yeah uh, and got a bus yeah. which many people do uh, car share to get there yeah it, it's um and they do say to you like as you get there like this is going to happen do you consent like yeah again like they do say that right before and they say you have to stay here yeah and then people are like yeah that's completely fine like of course i'm here for a free meditation retreat that's amazing yes um so again cautionary and i think some people go into it expecting that it would be a time to relax and um mm. you know i'm just gonna really chill out and get in touch with myself and be mm. really spiritual and and um i'm gonna come out so much better and you know in some ways, this you might come out a better person and you, you might come out relaxed, but the actual thing that you're getting into is going to be one of the hardest things you've ever done in your life. 100%. I completely agree with that. It's, it's, a, it's a really challenging undertaking and equivalent in some ways to, I mean... It's it's hard hard to, to to even use metaphors, but it's a bit like you're you're staring at a mirror of, of yourself for the whole time, and you cannot get away from that image, and you cannot you have to deal with it. There's no escaping it. You, you, it's just you and your mind and your body and everything that you are uncomfortable about will come up during that time, and you will have to face it and deal with it, and that is not fun, and it's not easy. Well, if you're not ready for what Bill has just uh, described, um, like if you cannot, you know, the types of, I guess, the types of indications which show that maybe you are not comfortable with that is if, if there are things in daily life that mean you find it difficult to be alone, mm. this is going to be extremely challenging for you. Mm. Uh, even though you're surrounded by people, you are there to work alone in this. You don't talk to anyone, so you're not exactly there socializing. Mm. It's not a social experience. It's just there to give you the chance to be alone. Like that's fully about what it is. Mm. What other examples? If you don't like being with your thoughts, this is not for you. If you feel like you have always needed to maybe even have a partner in your life this is likely going to be challenging very very challenging for you so these types of social things if you find it difficult to be silent and feel like you need to talk a lot I, d I have a friend who we, we spoke about this and she said you know I, I had to do a sponsored silence for about three three hours or four hours and mm. I, I like I got a sore throat after that because probably she was blocked up in her, her throat chakra um, but yeah she said that she found that unbearable so if you're that type of person who also deals with loneliness this is not for you <laughs> any other not for you well we've, we've mentioned mental health um, if you if you if you have doubts about it, take them seriously, mm -hmm. I would say. And, um, and, and recognize that, that I think, I mean, it's funny, I was, I was reflecting on 
what what we said earlier about the contraindications. A lot of them sound a bit like the same kind of things that um, psychedelic people would say before, you know, you, you, you go on your vision quest, you, you take uh-huh. a silly amount of LSD, mm-hmm. um, you know, go with a guide mm-hmm. and be prepared because it's not easy. It's an incredibly hard thing to do. Mm. And um, so that's one way of thinking about it. If you've read anything about contraindications before your psychedelic vision quest, this is a bit like that, but it's, it's maybe even harder because it lasts 10 days, not just, you know, one day or an evening. Um, the, on, on the, the plus side, you, rather than taking a random street drug or a, a plant, you do get places under your own steam and that can give you an incredible amount of power in, in terms of managing your mental states. And, and that's one of the, the greatest benefits I've personally gotten out of practice is, is understanding that my thoughts are not me and many, many other benefits. But to, to, to just really sort of dig into whether you should go or not, I, I, I think the aim of this, this, this session really was just to kind of talk through this, the things that they don't generally tell you before you consider taking a meditation course. It's all, if, you, if you look this up on any of the, the, the centres, you'll just see lots of pictures of lotus leaves, uh, lotus flowers and, um, you know, kind of zen swirls. Mm. And they don't really talk about how hard it is a lot. Mm. It's just like, oh, come and find your inner wisdom and peace and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And... Um, Actually, it's it's really bloody hard. So it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done, to be honest. The, you know, my last retreat I was in Japan like four years ago. I did a three-day. Mm. And I went in thinking, oh, you have three days. How hard can that be? It was so hard. Mm. It, was, it was really challenging. I mean, it, partly that's maybe the, you know, during the 10-day, the first three days are the hardest in mm. some ways that's that's one of the real challenging bits mm. um just to get through that first stretch of like going from the the the, the normal the daily world into that deep <laughs> space is really challenging and I, I found it so hard i was i came out slightly traumatized i mean it did me good and it got me back into a daily practice at the time and it helped in some ways but um man that was hard it was it was such a challenge I was, I was, and I think partly just because I expected it to be easy. I'm like, well, I'm a seasoned meditator. I've done several of these 10-day courses. How hard, how hard can a three-day be? Brutally hard. Mm. Um, and that, I would do it again, <laughs> having yeah. said that. I mean, just because it's hard, I mean, it doesn't have benefit. Like, you should yeah. see the benefit. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and it's not just in a sort of... I've spoken to people about meditation courses before and they're like, well, it isn't the reason you come out so happy from it just because you've survived this awful experience. <laughs> but, but no, that there, there really is something in it. And at small amounts of meditation, you will often find you come out feeling very refreshed and much better. And it's, it's a massive version of that. It's a massive dose of that for me. It, it's very challenging to get through, but the um, it it has changed the course of my life in some ways, um, and it's given me a grounding for something. It's like an anchor that I know I can always depend on, no matter how tough things get. I think we should speak about why it is so challenging more in greater detail. Yes, let's do that. So, one of the aspects is the sheer ten hours a day of let's say just the typical formatting some will be walking meditations uh in different retreats yeah others like goenka will be purely uh 10 hours if you add it up a day you'll have walking sessions um and then it will get to a point where they start uh, begin to ask you to not move your body Mm. for one of the sessions three of the sessions three i mean three of the sessions yeah um 
Three hours a day. Is it three? Yes, three hours a day. Mm. And um, so one is a physicality aspect of sitting. There are different uh, chair props. You can also bring a chair that you want to sit in um, if you're driving. But even, you know, sitting on a chair for 10 hours a day is a lot. It's and, really hard, yeah. um, So on a pure physical basis, that's difficult. A waking up basis of early mornings mm. is very difficult. You're well fed. You, are, you have fresh air. Um, but a routine of physical practice, I mean, the sitting is a lot like it's it is very full on so if you have struggled with five minutes of meditation or even up to an hour of meditation just imagine doubling it and that will be one session Mm. times it by 10 a day and then times that by 10 Okay, (laughs) so you can see how this feat is like incredible. Mm. Yeah. So it's a lot. I would would also just flag that you mentioned the food. Food is generally great, generally only two meals a day. Yes. Which is a really big one if you're a comfort eater. Yes. So you have breakfast and you can eat as much as you want. They do say that not to eat too much because it makes you tired for when you sit. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. Because then you get sleepy meditations. Which is even tougher. It's even tougher because you have to sit there falling asleep yeah. in and out for two hours. <laughs> <It's> brutal. <laughs> so there's that. And then, yeah, the second meal is often big. But then the last, actually you get fruit. You get fruit on your first course, yeah. Yeah. You get a bit of fruit in the evening, a cup of tea. Yes. And if you've got, you know, something uh, you struggle with, like uh, you have dietary requirements, then you can have food. So there is that. Yeah. So perhaps... So it's veggie as well, yeah. Yeah, it's veggie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you're a smoker or you like drinking several cups of coffee a day, that might be a challenge as well. Because you can't do either, really. You can drink a cup or two, maybe. You can bring a thermos flask. Oh, that's... You can bring as many... Well, you could have, technically, as many as required for your coffee demands. Right. And you can make that during the breaks and fill it up. You can. Okay, okay. That's that's a new one of me. So perhaps we could talk about ways you can navigate this. Tactics to get through. Oh, Yeah. I was going to say maybe we can continue going through why it might be more difficult. So we've only been on physical. Yeah, yeah, I'll keep going, keep going. Um, The other is that you can't do any of the things that you would generally do. Like you can't do other forms of exercise. So it's quite prescriptive in um, like, I don't know, you're not supposed to write things down. I did see someone once in retreat writing things down sneakily. Yeah. Um, yeah, the aim is to cultivate a kind of mental quiet so they don't want you journaling all the bloody time, which I've done on courses yeah. and it's a terrible idea, don't do it because it makes it fucking way harder and <laughs> even more challenging. Yeah. yeah, and also they want to be able to help you see that, like in purity, how this method can help you without other things so you can't say that, Oh, yeah. it was my journaling that helped me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they want was, you to be able to get a fair trial of this. It was my Reiki healing that was actually the real benefit. No. Yeah, so you can't do any of the other practices that you would want to do. And that can be very difficult for people. Yeah, yeah. If you've got religious observances or you really need an hour of yoga every day, that's going to be tough. Yes. Um, or need to can... read the news or books or other forms of stimulation. Yeah, that's also really There's no hard. devices no devices, no phone, no Instagram, no Twitter. Yeah. Um, why else? I would say, I just want to caveat there that you can generally get away with a little bit of stretching every day. Yes. Because there's always somewhere you can sneak to do that. If you're really lucky, you'll get a solo room to stay in and you can just do your, your, your I don't know, however long you can manage in the mornings maybe. You can you can do a 15-minute stretch or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
But if you're someone who needs to jump around a lot, there's no real space to do that because it's, it's distracting, basically. Yeah. Um, you doing your high-intensity training in the, <laughs> in the grounds, it doesn't go. If you're an animal lover and you cannot live without your cat or dog, that's also going to be a challenge because they're not allowed to come. Yeah. Um, physical, mental, I think we've already touched. Food, we've touched. Any other reasons why it's, it's challenging? I think that's mainly all. So how can we get through? The first thing I would say is that is to take it easy as much as you can on yourself and the course. The, the tradition is, well, the, the Goenka tradition is non-religious, mm. supposedly. Mm-hmm. But the guy who started it was like a staunch Hindu before he got into it. And he's, he's got a very kind of, let's say, uh, slightly militant attitude to meditation. It's all very kind of monastic and very hardworking. You must work hard. Yes. And, um, and it really, I think for, for <clears throat> if you've got a problem with authority, then maybe you could deal with it better. But if you try and follow all the advice that he gives you in the first course, you might be in for a very hard time. Um, I say this just out of caution because I certainly had a really hard time on my first course. I was very hard on myself. And I've spoken with some people who who didn't. And, and they took it easy every time there was a chance to take a break or whatever. And maybe they slept through half the course. And actually, that's fine. Because if you get through your first course then maybe you can manage another one. Mm. And, um, and if you are really hard on yourself, then maybe you can run into more trouble than I did and you don't even make it through the course or you have a, who knows, a psychotic breakdown and, and, and you end up in real trouble because they're not really equipped to deal with that sort of thing. So I would say, especially in your first course, take it easy. Yeah, I didn't take it easy on mine. Um... I did see people who had naps, who didn't go to sessions, took time out. Yep. Um, So I think particularly as we're talking about what's really important here is staying in tune with our body. Mm. So all of the meditation practices are supposed to help you be in touch with the body, understanding yourself better, Mm. intuition, self-guidance. So on that, those kind of principles, it would be well-advised to um, you know, if you felt yourself, maybe if you did feel yourself getting you know, panic attacks and other types of things where you are super concerned, this has never happened to me, but maybe you do skip sessions and do stay in your room. Maybe it will be like, solitary confinement you'll want to go home because of that you may not be allowed to but um you know maybe you you see as fit that's my kind of word of warning and if you see things getting worse and you know we're not really here to try and get sick so if you see yourself going into the spiral Mm. it would be maybe just don't do that to yourself yeah, back off, take it easy. I mean, there's on the, the Goenka retreats, there's three main sits that you've really got to be in. And and they will, if you don't attend those, then they'll, they'll be on your case. They'll and check they'll, up on you. Yeah, they'll, they'll be um, very concerned. But the, the rest of it is basically up to you. Mm. And if you want to just nap in your room and you can't deal with it, then just do that. Because it, it, it might help you survive the course and get through it and you will... And that's a much better outcome than you um, getting into real trouble and or quitting the course. Yeah, and actually just doing three hours of meditation a day. Even if you did three hours of meditation a day for 10 days, yeah. you'd get a lot of benefit. Big win. Big, big win. That's yeah. 30 hours more than you would have ever done. Yeah. And if in the event for that, maybe I would then say bring some books. <laughs> as a as a just in case, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Honestly, it, it's it's uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's it, a very just in case. It, it's something that 
they they absolutely don't encourage that they 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 forbid they say please hand all these things in so you're going to be kind of breaking your precepts if you do that and uh-huh i don't know I, I oh it think, says all your valuables and belongings oh, and your books and your religious art of artifacts uh-huh, and all right. that you've got to hand them all in I see. and then that's part of the the sort of the vows you take when you you do the course yes i forgot yes um, so it would just be you know just occupying yourself in other ways then yeah 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 just, just stroll around stroll around the center take naps take it easy some people were doing nature art because they got so bored you know F- with leaves find a way to deal with the the situation you're in mm. that doesn't involve you going nuts or leaving mm. because the, the benefits of you staying are probably worth it mm. uh, that said if you do really run into trouble then then you have to make it known mm-hmm. to the to the. That there's usually two types of helpers you can talk to, at least on Goenka retreats. There are the centre manager types, um, who are sometimes useful, and the assistant teachers, who can also sometimes be really useful. And I I generally got a lot out of talking to the assistant teachers, um, and. Outside of, I wouldn't recommend talking to the um, the uh, centre managers about psychological problems or other issues you might be having, mm. because they are so not trained for it, and and mm. some of them are just so full of themselves they think they can help you and deal with it. But it was a really bad idea me talking to those people about those things generally. Um, yeah, and maybe yeah. I don't know what what practices might be in place if there are new ones or mm. not. This might be older advice mm. um, and maybe you could because otherwise you might not be able to speak to anyone, to be honest. You can nearly always see the teacher. I mean, you can speak to the teacher, but as in if the teacher is... If you're having trouble with the teacher, then yeah, that's, that's part of the problem of these courses because there really is only one or two... There really are only one or two people that you can talk to. Mm. And um, Generally, teachers are great, though. Generally, teachers are great. If you really don't get on with your teacher, there you are might, two teachers generally. Yes, yes. Then you can. There's usually um, they're often couples, uh, not always, but there's usually a man and a woman teaching, a, being the assistant teachers on courses, and um, you need to find the one that you get on with the best and um, ask them questions, get through it somehow. Mm-hmm. I've I've had. I've been very lucky with most of my teachers and I've gotten really well with them. I've heard many stories of when people haven't mm-hmm. and that's been really hard. Mm. There is an argument to be said that just doing the practice is enough and it doesn't matter in some ways if you are <clears throat> philosophically aligned with it and all the rest, but I know that that can be really hard. Also, if you are thinking that you're going to go in there and, you know, have a type of retreat that is the equivalent of ones where you've paid a lot of money for, which are more specifically wellness-based, you would be very wrong. Um, There is only set guidelines of questions they generally ask you Mm. to see how you're progressing through it. Uh, You can get one-on-one time during lunch slots and maybe otherwise in the evening. Mm. Um, and it's but, absolutely not a place for philosophical conversations. Yes. Or, you, or psychology. Yes, because you have only 10-minute slots. And the teachers aren't qualified to deal with psychological questions, psychological issues, really. Mm-hmm. And they haven't really got much interest or time, generally, for philosophical discussions. Yeah, I had something happen to me during mine and I asked about it and they said, well, don't consider any of that, just go back to the technique. Yeah, which And so that, that's mainly going to be their, their uh, answer. So yeah, if you're looking for spoon feeding on certain types of things, if, you're, if you've got a, a specific reason why you're there, which is none other than to maybe understand this one meditation technique or to um yeah this wouldn't be for you yeah it's uh 
it's not the place to get help on your issues, really. It's not, yeah, it's not therapy. Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing that you can really expect to get out of it is lots of time to do the meditation. Yeah, and if you're saying, am I doing it right or wrong? The meditation technique is very simple. If And they will say, are you following this? If yes, then you're doing it right. If not, then follow the technique. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's going to be the main answer for you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and in and some what ways... Is, what does this mean? Yeah. You know, all these... What does this mean, though, when I've seen this light? Or what does it mean when, you know, I hear this voice or, oh, I've had a memory from yeah. my part? Don't, like, it, it will just be... Don't consider any of that. Keep doing the practice. That's it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So. And, and as we discussed in that Daniel Ingram episode, the, the technique, while it's a powerful one, it, um, it is only one technique from the many that come out of the Buddhist tradition. Um, the teachers don't necessarily know or care about that. They've, it's worked for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically all they know quite often and yeah. they only really have one answer, which is to keep doing this, this one technique. Yeah. Um, and that, that can be fine for a lot of people. I mean, it, it can work pretty well, mm. but um, it's, uh, it can be a challenging one as well if, if, you, if you run into trouble with it. Yeah. Or if you want something else. Yeah. Or if you want to even know why it works. Yeah. You're not going to be told any of that. So. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time trying to puzzle that out, which is the intellectual tradition I, I grew up in. You want to understand it on an intellectual basis. And it, uh, I didn't get many answers on that course. It's not really the place for it. It's not, sense. yeah. It, I mean, it's really like an introductory let's go to the gym. Mm. Let's do the workout. I'll mm. teach you how to do the workout. We're going to do the workout. It's not, why does this workout work? What muscles are we engaging? Like, it's not the, it's not, it's not that. So yeah. if, if it makes sense to you, you know, the aim is X yeah. and um, we're going to do it with this method. Yeah, and there's no comparison of me- the methods. There's no meta-analysis. There's no... Um, these are the five ways you could be meditating, but we're doing this one. It's like, this is the thing. Yeah. And you're going to do it 10 days straight and give it a trial. Yeah. Which is not an easy thing for the average person to do. Yeah. 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 That's it. Maybe. I think a, a final note might be that as we discussed last episode, mm. it's also worth considering, because there are many meditation courses out there you could be doing, it's worth considering who's getting the money in this situation, who's getting the power, and, it, and what are they asking of you? Are, are they asking you to believe any particular thing? Are they saying that the beliefs don't matter, just do the technique and it will help you? Are they demanding sums of money or other forms of dedication from you dedication that might be extreme in the sense that would be maybe you know you need to come into the middle of a jungle in the middle of the night and do this thing yeah you know like is it completely a little bit like oh i'm not so sure about that yeah is there anything really weird going on in this situation that that strikes me as unusual and some people feel that way about the Goenka Vipassana Foundation and like that's fine I don't have any real argument with them um I I generally had a good experience with that institution and 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 one of the really unique things about it is there's no money involved Mm. on a basic level you then there's no upfront charges for courses Mm. the assistant teachers are not getting paid to do the course Mm. On that level, they've managed to keep it quite pure. Mm. Pure's, pure's a terrible word to use in this context. <laughs> but, but they've managed to keep the money fairly 
out of... It's not transactional. It's not transactional. You can donate only once you've done a course. You don't have to donate. Yeah. And no one's really getting much money out of it. Maybe yeah. people get fed and they get a roof over their head and that's really about it for most people involved in it. Yeah. Um, maybe they cover teachers' costs if they fly somewhere to do a course. I don't know. But um, they don't, like, no one's getting rich in the Vipassana Foundation, as far as I've been yeah. able to understand. It's purely for furthering and allowing and facilitating these courses, to be honest. Yeah, pe- people just do it because they want to do it. Yeah, People just teach because they want to teach. And, I, and I'm and i a monthly donator, actually, of the Vipassana. Right. Yeah, right I And um, because I think that it is an amazing... Uh, opportunity to be able to give other people mm. uh, you know such an experience especially if they're ready for it mm. uh, it can be life-changing and a really great way to to start which you know if you're compromised in any other way like financially or whatnot then you know you're you, it's, it's long-standing tradition many people have been through it it's done it because of the way that it has been uh, created we know all the money is going to just you know continuing this exact thing yeah yeah and the only other thing i would say that people don't usually know and that i was afraid of when i was uh-huh. during the course at one point was that there are no locks on the doors yeah right uh so you're in like a dorm with yeah. people and um it's divided often by curtains it's always divided by gender by the way gender and then curtains uh within uh, a space yeah but i was actually uh, on the little room next to the door and i in feeling kind of unsafe i was like you know what if something happens to me in the middle of the night you know like i can't control that safety aspect Mm, so there's that too yeah and things maybe you should also bring to a retreat that mm. you might know not mm-hmm. know of is um, slippers, mm-hmm. feet get cold, they do say that, thermos flasks, mm. hats, warm clothes, mm. um, they will say clothes that are not saucy to It'll not distract other people. colder than you expect probably in Hereford if you're going there. <laughs> yeah, colder than you expect yeah. in some parts. Um, bring a rain jacket yeah because if you want to go for a walk and it rains yeah. or umbrella bring a cap or a hat or a brolly yeah um and other things niceties like maybe eye masks earplugs because you'll be sharing a space with other people um there is always like a little light on in the, in the dorm so it's not going to be completely pitch black uh they have things like clocks for you if you don't bring a clock, but otherwise you can bring your own analog clock. Um, that may be it. There's one one other little thing you mentioned earplugs and your sheets. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of it's mostly an aesthetic thing, but. Um, it might bother you in other ways, is there's a lot of chanting on the course. Oh, yes. Oh, and you can bring blankets, cushions, right. your chair. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. So um, if chanting bothers you, then um, definitely bring earplugs because they're not really all that bothered about you blocking it out if it's really annoying. You can only block it out so much because it's pretty bloody loud a lot of the time. Um, but again, like this is, this is the going tradition we're talking about. Um, he came up in the, in the Hindu tradition and he, he learnt these, these Buddhist, these Pali chants, this old language thing. And he's not a great singer. (laughs) Um, and it's very loud quite often and it's bloody everywhere. You can't escape it and you're going to hear it for like an about, I don't know, an hour every day of this droning, (laughs) slightly grating chanting. So um, it's also kind of funny because that's very much a kind of religious thing and he keeps on going on about it not being a religious course, but it it, it sort of kind of is. 
because mm. of that. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it definitely has roots in Buddhism, and yeah, you know, even yeah. Pali was the, the language of like that the Buddha used. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. I guess that's something to be aware yeah. of. Yeah. Be warned. It's a bit like going to stay in a real Buddhist temple. On yeah. That, on that level, because there's lots of chanting in those too. Yeah, that's true. Just all of this is by a kind of old guy on a dodgy tape from the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is something also that should be said that all of the teaching stays the same um, yes. and is the same because it's from uh, a video recorded course. Yes. And don't let that also make you think that then it's not effective or it's not worth going to. Yes. The assistant teachers who are the two that we spoke about, they will always be at the front and those will the, be the people who are checking your progress and who you can go to for questions. Uh, but because it's been video recorded, it means that quality of the teaching stays the same. Mm. And it is very good. Those guided uh, tapes are good. They have discourse in the evenings mm. where he talks more about like the theory of it, the origins and the history of it. And tells jokes. Some tells, of which are quite Tells funny. jokes, yeah. The, the, the discourses are really good in the evening. Yeah. But yeah, so... That will be specific to the Goenka course. And in other ones, you might want to ask around and see if there is a live teacher and then be checking out who this teacher is, where were they trained, what lineage they are from, and doing some research around that before going. Mm. But all of the things that we said to bring for retreats generally are the same across all retreats. It's probably worth, if you're looking at courses in uh, the Far East, for instance, as well, it's worth mm. figuring out if there's any teaching actually available in English, um, if there's any discourses in English there as well, because I've heard of people who show up at these things and basically just sort of left to their devices for 10 days, um, which can be good, but um, it's useful to have some background on what you're doing because it's a bloody hard thing to do. Um, I think that might be it. Oh, in terms of the am I ready, and whether, and I think this goes for mental health in general, either, you know, you can do mental health type of assessments online just to kind of gain an overall understanding of where you are, and that might score you from, you know, how much am I having anxious thoughts? To am I sleeping well? How much am I sleeping? What is my diet like? So I think the type of um, assessments that can kind of give you an indication of your current mental health, your current wellness, can and should be done beforehand. Because no doctor is going to be able to okay you for um, whether or not you should go because they they're probably not going to be a, un, know anything about meditation. But you can kind of see for yourself, you know, has it been, have recent events in my life been very difficult for me? Mm. Am I only going because I need a break from the world? Like, I think the intention should be quite key and quite right here. Um, yeah, if you've been in a negative space for a while... I would caution and say maybe your mental health wouldn't necessarily be so good and maybe to go to something else like therapy or counselling or something that can be better for you than a quite intensive yeah. meditation retreat, which is going to maybe make your problems worse than better. Yeah, the, so, there, are, there are much gentler starts as well than a Goenka course. From what I've gathered, I haven't done these and I didn't take that route, but um, I've spoken to friends who've gone through other retreats that sounded like a way easier route in. Mm. I've been, actually, my, my first type of experience were drop-in sessions so many people go into drop-in sessions to see yeah. what meditation's like. And then I would say that there are thousands of techniques of meditation. So just because you've done one doesn't mean you've, like, you even, that's like, you know, trying to equate running 
to weightlifting. Like there, there are things that will train the body and they'll feel completely different. Mm. So the same with mental training. Um, and I think on one retreat that I went to in Bali, I did maybe seven types of meditations mm. from sacred geometry to um, uh, like sound meditations to various different uh, pranayama meditations. So yeah, uh, there is a whole world of meditation and uh, retreats. Uh, yeah, I, I spoke to a friend, Tim Shaw, who, who got into retreats via the tree ratna mm-hmm. tradition, which as I gather has its own problems, but I won't go into that. The, the, the retreats he went on sounded really... Really chilled compared to a going course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded really easy going. It was mm-hmm. like you'd kind of do a bit of meditation in the mornings. You'd all have breakfast together. You could talk. You'd have a session on like just talking to each other about your feelings. And mm-hmm. then you'd do some pujas. You'd be like praying to a statue and walking around in circles. And man, it, it sounded like a way uh, nicer routine in some ways. Mm. If you're into that kind of thing. Not it's kind so of, intensive. It's a very religious route, obviously, that one, because it's a kind of devotional tradition where you devote yourselves to uh, certain Buddhist gods and that kind of thing. But if that's your bag, that might be a much nicer start mm. with with retreat-type things because it doesn't have to be 10 hours of meditation a day to get benefit. Mm. That's a very hardcore route in... <laughs> Yeah, but because it's like it's so widespread and well known, um, you might not realize that there are other alternatives. And yeah. often the other alternatives are paid. Um, yeah, like Plum Village, for example, and it's very uh, gentle, super community based. You know, people cook together, everyone serves and uh, and participates. Mm. Whereas something like the Goenka Retreat is that people are serving for you so that you can have this time for yourself and this opportunity to completely work on you, which is a huge gift, to be honest. Mm. Um, But, yeah, again, comes with then you have to be doing more inner work Mm. for more of the time. Um, So, yeah, there's that. And maybe we can put in some of the things, some of the places where there might be uh, available meditation retreats Mm. in the UK at the very least um, yeah. or ones worldwide which are quite known and reputable mm. um, and yeah more and more places especially corporates and different companies are offering meditation uh, you might see some at again a Buddhist centre or uh, even the NHS or these types of things are popping up and they're probably not going to be offering retreats, but again, it's quite gentle. But don't then expect to have someone really know what they're doing necessarily. Mm. To and yeah, so not all meditations are created equally. And if you want to have some research into the different types of meditation practices and what they do for you, Books like Altered Traits mm. um, by David uh, David Richardson is good, uh, and research by Tanya Singer, and she look she's one of the leading researchers for uh, you know is focused meditation uh, or body based practices or mm. um, compassion practices like what benefits do they have on the brain and yeah you can maybe look into that and then see and then base that upon you know what am I going to devote a retreat to doing Mm. Mm. yeah uh, kind of perhaps a final note on that would be that I think it was Ingram who said that meditation is both oversold and undersold it's Mm -hmm. oversold in that there's this kind of idea that you can solve your problems and become a better person by doing it 20 minutes every day or whatever. Mm. But it's undersold in that there is this vast depth that you can get to in retreats that can be actually life-changing. Mm. And um, 
that's not really something that's spoken about an awful lot as well. So two things to keep in mind there. And, a, and a f- another, just a little note, which I feel like I should say every episode, is that even small doses of meditation can be... Um, can take you to unexpected places it's it's powerful stuff and um you might want to find man I, this is where we need to recommend people and i wouldn't even really know who to recommend mm. who's just like out there and online mm. but we'll have a little think about that and see if we can put any links in for <clears throat> teachers that you could access that could help you if you run into trouble Yeah, it's quite difficult actually that space. Yeah, but we'll we'll have a think on it. Yeah. Who do you run to when you have problems? Um, well, I, I suppose we've had a few chats about that. Yeah, I think it ends up becoming a community thing. Who mm. you know, um, people who might be more experienced than you, but mm. just be able to give you some guidance, and then doing it that way I suppose we've, we've had chats with um, Steve as well Steve yeah who's been on the show Guru, Guru Viking, Viking. Yeah. yeah and then you can see other people maybe he's spoken to yeah um, uh, there's yeah, David Nickturn who is a quite an experienced uh, meditation teacher I mean he is very experienced we've got Lauren Roche and Camille yeah, Maureen yeah. who Highly are very them open to answering questions and they are top notch and there's Ingram's pal that I chatted to ages ago whose name escapes me now it was a couple of years ago yeah there are there are people out there who can help with this stuff and if you do find yourself running into trouble I mean even Daniel uh, answers lots of questions Daniel Ingram Daniel Ingram hesitate to recommend sending him an email because I know he's he gets a lot but He's a guy out there and he he's done he's been through so much of this stuff. And so there are these people out there. Go to your local Buddhist center. You could go to your local Buddhist center. They might be able to help you. This is a this is probably a topic that for an entire episode because it's a challenging thing, but again, back to that cult warning if they're demanding major things of you like money or weird mm. dedications uh, of time or whatever, then yeah, proceed with caution. Yes. None of those people we just mentioned would do that because we we've spoken with them and we we roughly know what they're up to. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah. The, they're generally the good sort from what we've gathered. <laughs> yeah, and I think then you know doing your own research about you know people's past as well, which yeah. are also very much available. You could look at your local Buddhist center and then dig up anything you might be able to find that isn't necessarily great. Yeah, good rule of hand here is if they become incredibly rich through their spiritual teaching, probably not a good person to ask. If they fly in a private jet, probably not the ones you <laughs> want to speak to. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I know of any people who, who do. Because um, <laughs> it's not really about the money, the spiritual quest, despite what some people might talk about. Oh, I'm I'm rich in material wealth as well as uh, spiritual. No, it, I don't really think it's about that. Yeah, and it, it's difficult to know who's ahead of you in any given moment, even people who are considered teachers now. So we would say that, um, and that's what they say spiritually, you know, someone who might be your teacher might actually be the student. And as a baseline, you might be further on than they, they are, but you might never know it. Yeah, so, I would caution thinking you're further ahead than anyone in any sort of scale. Um, yeah, it, it. I would say that that it to to an extent, and you mentioned this, the teacher student relationship is about mm. community, and and actually that that's one of the most useful things that we can find in mm. this journey is is real communities that aren't predatory, that aren't that aren't parasitic. Mm. that don't require unrealistic things of you and worship of one particular person. The awake in, awaken. Yes, not, no relation. Yeah, A-W-A-K-I-N. <laughs> so yes. awaken our community is very good for that. Yeah, we've, we've, we, we like those people, yeah. Um, 
and often for the other Buddhist communities actually as well. Mm. Like even people who might be serving in temples and mm. such, they're just part of communities. Mm. Um, not necessarily, because those who actually practice with monks are not necessarily the same people as part of the community who might make food for the monks. Mm. Um, stuff like that. Okay. I think that's a wrap. Thanks for uh, paying attention. Do send us an email. If you have any questions, we will try to um, send you uh, some response back, but um, hopefully we'll be able to maybe make it available if it might be of use to others. Uh, anything we, we might have missed or anything you might want to also share to help others who have stumbled onto this episode, who clearly is uh, thinking about their first meditation retreat. Mm. There's actually quite a lot of what we've, we've covered and maybe far further than people even need to know at the initial um, point. Yeah, if you've, if you've been on a retreat and you think we've missed anything, then do let us know about that as well. we'll... And also any places you might recommend. Yeah. Although we will caveat recommendations again <laughs> that they should be <laughs> researched. Yes. We don't know everyone in the Awaken um, podcast community, so we cannot vouch for recommendations. That's what I will say. This is not medical or legal advice. <laughs> yeah, that too. All right. We hope that our experience is helpful and um, that you have a great first retreat yeah if you if you so choose to, to yes. go on with. thanks for listening to the awakening podcast we hope you enjoyed check out the show notes listen to more episodes and find our socials at awake-in.com we'd love to hear your feedback so do please get in touch